are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. My name is Nate, and in this episode, we get spooky as we celebrate Halloween and talk about our favorite horror movies, Halloween candy, and how Game of Thrones manages to still disappoint. And of course, pirates. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me on the show yet again, we have the... Jump scare, J Law. Good evening, geeks. Jeez. And to his right, we have Kevin the Bagman Hudson. The Bagman. <laughs> Woo! Getting spooky with it, geeks. Getting spooky with it. Happy Halloween, you guys. Happy Halloween. It's actually not Halloween. Well, if We're you're recording. Well, the- okay, when you're listening to this, it should be Halloween. It, hopefully, oh, for sure. It yeah. Should be so Halloween. I'm going to be excited in a week when I get to start putting up my Christmas decorations. <laughs> You're more of a Christmas fan. Oh, 100%. Not a fan of the spookiness. Nope. All right, cool beans. Well, um, listen, let's move right into watching because we got a, a jam-packed we do. full episode. You know, more jam-packed than... Than a pillowcase full of candy. There you go. Love wow, it. that was perfect. Did you guys did you use the pillowcase when you were a kid? I was a pillowcase kind of yeah, guy because yeah. I'd go out for about four hours and get as much as I could. <laughs> Would you do the thing where your parents in the van... Wait, did your parents follow you in a van or is that an only child thing? That's a that's an only <laughs> child thing, man. <laughs> that's an only child thing. I'm pretty sure your parents still follow you around in the van. <laughs> <laughs> wait, they're right there. Uh, no, yeah, um, but my parents would follow me around in a van and then I would we would take the full bag and then dump it into an additional bag and then go again. So you you were a multi bag man. Well, no, but by the by the <laughs> fifth or sixth year in my neighborhood, we'd figured out the perfect route where we could go around, get a number of houses, drop it off at the house, and then you know it would be going in like extending concentric circles where you know we would just go around and around and yeah. Very and once nice. you hit that rich neighborhood where they're giving out full chocolate bars, man, those those pillowcases get pretty heavy uh, pretty quickly. Full chocolate bars. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. what I do now. That's what I do now. I think the pillowcase was kind of like. A quintessential thing mm-hmm. for the Halloween experience. I yeah. would always remember going to the closet and like thinking, what is the biggest pillowcase that we have? And just make it my mission to try to fill it. Well, that. and those silly little orange plastic pumpkins. What Doing are you getting? Nothing. You know, that's four no. houses and you're full. So <laughs> No, that was that was uh, an, like a very newbie thing to do. You know, all the little kids had those. Not us. Oh, no. Not no. the cool kids. No, there's a house actually just down the street from us that is really into this Halloween. Like, I can't wait to actually see when all the lights are on and Mm -hmm. everything, I'm actually going to walk down the street and check it out because they have like a pirate ship. They have like a graveyard and like a big thing. Kevin's place is pretty crazy too. Well, Kevin, you do that every year. I'll get I'll get into that on my whatcha. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's actually get right into it then. Um, Kevin, whatcha? Uh, Well, yeah. So I've been getting uh, ready for Halloween again. I don't love it uh, per se, but uh, it's Sarah's favorite time of the year. Yeah. That's why uh, last year I proposed to her on a Halloween cruise. Aww. Yes. What were you dressed as again? Uh, we were Mitch and Cam from Modern Family. So <laughs> Everyone guess who Kevin was. <laughs> you only get one guess. 
Um, you know, so I got down on a knee and asked her to marry me while she had a beard on. <laughs> and I think only Sarah would be cool with being proposed to and saying yes with a beard. I don't know anyone else who would. Some I, might say she was my beard, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, I think, though, that she probably thought it was incredibly cool for her to be dressed as a man and you just still propose to her. For that reason alone, I would say yes. Yeah, so she just stopped shaving after that. You know, now the beard's real. <laughs> Amazing. We go all out on Halloween. You yeah. know, we've got the, pumpkin the big... Uh, pumpkin carving is Halloween day. That's how we spend our day. We'll watch uh, Treehouse of Horror Very and cool. carve pumpkins. So I think we're doing four each this year. We have an annual pumpkin contest that yeah. I put up on Facebook and have uh, all the friends and family vote on. Very and cool. we are tied 1-1 right now. Oh, okay. She won last year. She won last year, so I am I'm going to regain my crown, if you will. All right. It's going to be an interesting day. Um, but yeah, and then we go all out, and and we have the big animatronics from Spirit Halloween, and really? and so we get kids, little kids, crying up to the front door, you know, and then it's like, <laughs> here's a giant chocolate bar. Okay, settle down, yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, and then they see fun. you, and then they cry again. Well, but we're going to be dressed as uh, Wreck It Ralph and Vanellope, so okay. that'll hopefully calm them down when we get there. Yeah. So yeah, Very but cool. we do have a lot of fun. So I've been. Uh, Getting ready for that, and um, Silicon Valley just returned. Ah, yes. At final season. Um, so, I mean, I don't think the show's been quite the same since uh, Ehrlich yeah. left. Uh, yeah. That was a big, that's a big hole in the show, but there's still enough to his, carry it through. His energy's really missing from the... Oh, man. He, yeah. was, he was definitely my favorite. Although, um, uh, who is it? Not, uh, Gabe from The Office plays... Uh, oh, um, Jared? Jared. Jared. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he, is, he is definitely the, the star of that show, in my so opinion. Good. So good. Yeah. I can't wait. You can... Like in the, uh, have you caught up to the last, like the Just first the, episode? The first episode, launched? you see where his season and arc is going to go this yeah. year. It's, it's, I think he'll have a lot of fun. With I, that. I love seeing him um, become unraveled, where he, where he just says those lines where you're just like, Jared, what? <laughs> like, it's so, so good. And usually in defense of, of Richard, you know, defending him doing something. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, right. Yeah. But I think he's going to go in a bit of a different direction and have somebody new come this under his wing. And yeah. It yeah. Should, should be quite a, a sweet little story, I think. So, yeah. That's I, what I've been up to. I had cool. no idea that they returned. I just saw the trailer, but I thought that was going to happen later. So, it, the first episode's first, out? First was on Sunday, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Check I'm going to crave that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I've been craving it for a year. <laughs> well, I actually, I caught up um, on it. Because uh, I was I was behind, and it was funny because I was watching. I, I would jump into a season like season three midway, and like, okay, let's see where I. I'm like, oh, I know all this, and then I would go to season four, and it's been forever since I've watched it. But I actually only was missing like three episodes of season five, um, so I must have been. I was watching it weekly when it was when it was kind of coming out, and I know I had access to HBO. Um, so now now catching up on it, it it actually is pretty incredible how much it actually sticks in my my mind. Uh, which I can't say about most shows, especially comedies. Yes, yeah, they're you know? they're often forgettable, but this has had had such a concise and growing storyline and yeah. arc all the way through that you know, yeah, it's been easy to follow along with their journey. Very cool, Justin. Um, watch ya. Well, I've uh, haven't really been doing much. Just been really editing, like a lot of editing. So yeah. we got the Halloween video that's going to drop. Um, so we we've been just kind of working on that, like focusing on it. Yeah. So that, and then also these lovely podcasts, which have been so much fun to kind of put together, and they they they've been very enjoyable. It's a new experience of editing audio and focusing on like just that aspect rather than also visual with you know auditory elements as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been fun. I'm excited to get this Halloween video out though. It looks like it it's it's coming together. It could be pretty fun, I think. Yeah, it gets, it's gonna be a fun one. I just got uh I went over and I actually just we just recorded some voiceovers for it, so that was actually Yeah. It was cool. But, and was, we were totally to shocked that out of nowhere our 
one from last year, Nightmare Before Christmas, is at like a whopping mm-hmm. sixty nine thousand, like yeah. close to seventy. It's yeah. like we were we looked at each other like, when did that happen? People and, are trying to search for that stuff, right? Yeah, that's that's season. it. Tis the, Tis, season. the season. Tis the season. Tis the season. Got to play that game, Nate. What you been up to? I finally saw Ad Astra in theaters. I'm um, dying to see that one. It's Hey, don't go to see it at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, I, um, I could have told you that as well. I could have told you that okay, as well. So let me let me defend myself a little bit here. So I I listened to a podcast. Shout out to the movie podcast. Um, great guys. And they, I think at some point, I, I just remember them talking about making, they made up portions of the plot of this movie as like a joke. But somewhere in my brain, wires got crossed. And I thought that that was the actual description for the movie. So I'm going into this movie, not watching a trailer and going off the description that this movie is about an advertiser in space. <laughs> like Brad Pitt <laughs> plays like this, like almost like a madman esque type character, but you know, working in advertising in space. And so <laughs> I go in and I'm literally like, so when are they going to get to the advertisement part? And I'm seeing like, I see a glimmer of hope as I see like a subway you know, on the moon. And I was like, oh, oh. and it's like, no, that's not at all what this movie's about at all. <laughs> you got duped. I certainly yeah, did. I, or duped or tricked or something. It's, um, I mean, listen, it's, it's a really, it's one of those movies that I think I, I think Justin, and I was saying to you, I respect it more than I enjoyed it. It's, it's really slow. It's really one it's, note. It's one of it's one of those movies. How long was it? I felt like four hours. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. But keep in mind, I mean, a big part of it, I, I might need to see it again to really judge it. Um, I gave it uh, three out of five. But I mean, I, I could see people giving it four um, just because, again, the performances like like Brad does such a good job at uh, in his in his role. Yeah, that's, and I've heard that the cinematography is really good. Yes. And, and the, very very Blade Runner esque. Yeah, the color schemes mm-hmm. and, and the tones and stuff. So I, I definitely want to see it for those reasons. But I already know looking at it in the trailer, it's like this is going to be one of those like slow burn don't, space movies yeah, where time it. where time just feels like it's infinite. Yes, and it just like ugh. there's a really great. There's a really, really great action moment that I'm not going to spoil, but um, but that was probably the only time where I actually woke up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's actually kind of interesting too, because like in terms of space movies, you see a lot of these space movies that are trying to like do more artsy space movies, kind of yeah. like Gravity mm-hmm. and uh, Interstellar. Interstellar, yeah. right? Interstellar did its own real thing. That was also very just very long, mm-hmm. like a very long movie because there was a lot of explanation that needed to go to it. Yeah. So with Adstrata like coming out, you know, it's kind of like playing into those notes of like kind of like art house space. Yeah. Um, I also uh, am watching The Watchmen. Um, episode two is out. I haven't seen that one yet. I meant to watch it today. Apparently, apparently that one's crazy. Apparently. I have not caught up on that yet. Okay. I'll probably talk about that next week and watch it. I but, think, uh, yeah, maybe we can we can you know both yeah. knock yeah, it out. I've I've I watched the first episode as yeah. well. So I thought it looked like the first episode. Um, watching it, I just sort of felt like it, I don't know if it was I didn't understand it so much as it was um, confusing. I mean, it's it's. That's, I think that's that's the point that I had yeah. too. Is that it, it felt confusing because you're very just placed into it. Well, it's interesting because Damon Lindelof was talking in interviews and he was kind of saying how. Oh, and Damon Lindelof, by the way, um, lost. I mean, come on. Um, but <laughs> he's, 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 he yeah, says but, this every week. <laughs> I know, but like my my only thing is is that Damon Lindelof is he's already said that he's not going to be continuing with Watchmen. Yeah, well, I don't know. In interviews, he seems pretty stoked about it because he was talking about people when they watched the original watch, when they read the original Watchmen comic book, um, the way they felt reading it and thinking, wow, this is 
you know, this could be happening to us, like in terms of like, uh, you know, nuclear bombs and things like that in the US. So, you know, for now times, he's trying to figure out, well, what is something that is freaky now and scary now that's happening now that people can can watch this and go, oh my gosh, this is actually well, happening. I get that. He's he's drawing on the new terror, yeah. right? The new terror, because back then when Watchmen was, you know, a, a comic book, it kind of played on the Cold War stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So No, so we're, gonna, we're definitely going to have to uh, watch the second episode and see what that's all about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to catching up on it. Let's go ahead and move into the news. It's all about the details. Our first story from Sam Byford over at The Verge. Game of Thrones showrunners quit Star Wars trilogy to work on Netflix projects. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss were quoted in saying, there are only so many hours in the day, and we felt we could not, we could not do justice to both Star Wars and our Netflix projects. This over Star Wars? Like, does that... These guys are clowns. Right? These guys are clowns. Like, what are you doing? They rushed the end of Game of Thrones <laughs> so they could get to Star Wars, and now they chicken out, they couldn't handle the pressure, and they're out of here, is what it kind of feels do like. you think that's it? Oh, you're telling me Netflix projects are more important than a Star Wars trilogy? <laughs> Star Wars trilogy. Star Wars, the, the trilogy that made them, apparently. They've been, been quoted <laughs> to say, yeah. yeah, like, bye-bye. Yeah. If you're not in this to win this, get out of here. Yeah, I think it's odd that... I think what happened there is that they had agreed to the Netflix deal prior to the Star Wars deal. And I think they were deeper into the Netflix thing than they were into the Star Wars. So they were able to pull out of that, right. in my opinion, because right. a $200 million deal, like you can't, the fact that they took Star Wars plus that, like, it's kind of absurd to think that you could take all of that on. I yeah. mean, it's a little foolish if, if Kennedy and, and any other Disney folks knew that they also had these other projects. Like, yeah. what's the real story here? Like, how would you allow these guys to sign on to do these Star Wars movies if they were already busy? And how are they able to get out of the Star Wars deal but not the Netflix deal? Like, you'd think but that's Disney I, would have I think, a little bit I more like, pull in that regard. Yeah, for sure. Like, but yeah. I think that's where that the deeper into production, like, it was probably, it's already moved into pre-production. I don't this, care if you have an eight-part movie series on Netflix. It's yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. You yeah. get to do your own now all they need to do is get rid of uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy and start fresh, and we're rolling, baby. I still want to see Broom Boy, the trilogy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, uh, it's funny. Kathleen Kennedy said uh, in a tweet, um, we hope to include them in the journey forward when they are able to step away from their busy schedule to focus on Star Wars. Now, hang on. Read that slightly differently, and the internet is going crazy over this. We hope to include them in our journey in our journey forward when they're able to step away from their busy schedule to focus on Star Wars, right? Like that's just how the internet is reading that tweet from her, and it's absolutely it's, it's very passive. It's yeah. very passive, and it's like we're moving on. Yeah. Um. But you know, there was I also think attached to that was like based on that tweet, who really pulled out of this deal? Was it them? Or was it Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm? That gave them the boot and now they're trying to like save face and well, make them, maybe, you know, oh, maybe no, they're they busy, told that's why they, oh. you know. Yeah, maybe they told them Here's to my that. thing. Why do you already have dates announced for when these movies are coming out yeah. if you haven't even started production because you don't necessarily have a script or a story or whatever it is? Yeah. Like they're already promoting a movie for 2022. Right. And we're almost into 2020 now. Right. It's, and you're able to, like, you're at these stages of production where you're getting people backing out and stuff like yeah. that. Like, haven't you learned yet, Kathleen? Yeah, do we yeah. think, but do we think that this is, they're no longer making this trilogy at they're all? They're not, no. Okay. I think, I think what's going to end up happening, 
you know, it, it goes without saying Lucasfilm under this, under Kathleen Kennedy. I don't think it's Kathleen Kennedy. I, I just think that it's, it's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they're trying to move very fast with this to really capitalize on it. And they're not really giving it enough, you know, focus. They, you know, they had the issue with Josh Trank, but that was more about him, not mm-hmm. about them. They didn't want to work with him after what they heard about Fantastic Four. And then with Ron, uh, with Ron Howard replacing Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Chris Miller. It's yeah. one of the two. It's one of them. Phil and Chris. <laughs> yeah. But it, replacing those two because yeah. they couldn't handle the production. Well, and wasn't... Um... Rogue One. Rogue One was with Gareth Edwards, right? With, with Tony Gilroy came in and had to like re, re- save that movie. Yeah. So there's a history And then who did here. they have originally writing Force Awakens or Episode 7? Wasn't it um, the gentleman uh, who did Mike... Toy Story? Uh, Arndt, Yeah, right? Mike Arndt. And then yeah. Episode 9 was supposed to be Trevor. Trevorrow, wasn't it? Colin no, Trevorrow. he was doing eight. Oh, doing and then eight. they replaced him with. Like, this no, is... no, no. They Trevorrow was supposed to do oh, nine. They replaced yeah. him. They replaced him with JJ. With JJ, right. like this is absolute insanity. Well, so can my... we pull Feige out of Marvel and get him over to Star Wars? But, but see, the, they I need a Feige for this universe. Yeah. Maybe, but I don't think it's. Again, I don't think it's. Maybe it is Kathleen. What do you, who, who, maybe she's rushing it. I, I don't. I don't want to discredit her. I think it's. I think it's great that she has the gusto to kind of want to do these things. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's great. And cr- correct me if I'm wrong. Like, so did did the finale for Game of Thrones, or or at least the last few episodes of Game of Thrones, happen prior? to the announcement that they were going to be doing Star Wars? No, they announced it before the last two or three episodes, I right. believe. So do you think that, that that fan backlash that we've already seen with Episode Eight, and then the fan backlash for Game of Thrones, maybe that was well, the, the, something there's, in the pot? There's, there's, there was something that came out yesterday, yeah. uh, an article about these two at an event, and I, I don't know what the event was, but I was reading the highlights of it and how they basically just got lucky with Game of Thrones. They didn't really, They didn't really plan for it to be the success that it was. They weren't as invested at the beginning with it, they they just kind of got And then lucky. they ran out of source material right. and didn't have the know-how or the brain power to actually finish it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, they didn't. And it shows, it shows towards the end there that it fell apart. And I think those comments, after I read those comments of what they were saying and how fans were just like, you're literally saying to all people that love Game of Thrones, yeah, it was just, it, it is what it is. We just got lucky. It was pure luck. And then now, after I read that, I was thinking, they're going to drop out of Star Wars. And today, it was announced that they dropped out. So I don't know if, to Nate's point, if they're in any way cor- correlated in that, like, they're kind of a big sham. Yeah. They kind of they kind of opened up in that comments and said, like, we're a sham. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move into the next story here from James White over at Empire Online, who writes, Sam Raimi is directing a new horror film. Um, Sony's Columbia Arm has him ready to direct an untitled horror movie written by Friday the 13th, 2009 re- reboot duo Mark Swift and Damian Shannon. Ooh, there's a there's a powerful <laughs> uh, credit. Ooh. Not much is known about the movie yet, but uh, they apparently the description reads as misery um, meets Castaway. So what are we guys? What are we? Are we excited for Sam Raimi to be directing a horror movie again? I think that's really interesting because Castaway is a very much like a very isolated, lone story. So yeah. I guess this is Castaway, where Wilson is a real person. You know, maybe. sort oh, of. Uh, you know, like that would be kind of cool because the whole misery aspect, right? Like of him being he's, saved by his fan or whatever. It was an author. I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, he's an author. He gets in a car accident. His yeah. biggest fan rescues him and is treating him back to health. Only yeah. to make sure he can never leave her care essentially that's through, pretty cool. uh, through pretty you know tormenting ways so on an imagine island. this yeah. on an island essentially yeah. right yeah that's cool. cool 
Awesome. Well, I mean, um, well, definitely. You, it was kind when of, you said Sam Raimi in horror, I thought you were going to say he's doing Spider Man Four. <laughs> Just three hours of Toby dancing. <laughs> oh my god, that is so good. Um, that's where Sam Raimi started. Like Nate was saying, he's he's not too familiar. But ha- have you seen Evil Dead? Like the old school with Bruce Campbell? No. Okay. So like that's <laughs> definitely a movie that you've never seen it. No. It's it's great, and okay. it, it's almost like a fun horror I don't movie. Feels bad now. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. As long as there's no talking goats, I think we're going to be no, okay here. It's it's a, it's so a, that's what dragged me to hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God, that's where his he started, and he's kind of established. And I think he was involved with the reboot of Evil Dead. Um, he produced it in, mm-hmm. in some. Capacity. I'm sure he consulted. In yeah, for sure. Way. But it, it totally took it in a new direction. So I like the idea that he's going to kind of go back to his his origins, if you will. Yeah. Um, and not try to do a Spider-Man four, as Kevin suggested with Toby dancing. My does, God, does Sam Raimi do more? Is he known for more fun? Like content, like again, yeah, when think I think of, of Spider Man dancing, <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but think of like Evil Dead is like it, it's there's comedic aspects to it, yeah. but it, it, it's definitely well rooted in horror. Cool, all right. Well, I mean, his last big movie was uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, with um, who's that with? Uh, oh gosh, James Franco, James Franco. Yeah, oh no, yeah. I mean, that movie wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't very no, good. But, but I think it also it so like bad. the idea too is you know, these are big studio movies that were he's done that we do know him for like yeah. the spider-man trilogy and this and i think a couple other ones but. given that this is coming from uh sony and from columbia like i i have i've got higher hopes for it than oz the great and powerful well hopefully on this island he ends up seeing some pirates speaking of pirates uh this next story from from james white at empire uh chernobyl's craig mazin is aboard the pirates of the caribbean reboot he'll be working alongside franchise veteran ted elliott uh, who originally wrote the first four films, including, uh, well, the first one, uh, the best one, right? Um, and they're going to be crafting a fresh story. Um, so, guys, what do you think about, you know, bringing on a Chernobyl writer Craig Mazin for this Pirates reboot? Well, first of all, the only reason that any of the Pirates movies worked, specifically the first one leading to the franchise, is Johnny Depp right. as Jack Sparrow. Yeah. So who are you going to get to be this iconic role that, you know, can really only – it can't be duplicated. Like, this has disaster and failure written all over it, I think. Right. I mean, people get up in arms about reboots, yeah. and I'm not one of them. If you were going to reboot a TV show or a movie from the 80s, it's fine. It's been 30 years. Let's right. get a fresh spin on it. Things like 21 Jump Street, for instance, work, and when done well, they can work. This thing just had a – the Pirates franchise had a movie like three years ago. And in you're hopes. already rebooting it. Like no, it's, but in that's hope, where I get upset. Yeah, in hopes to cap- to to capitalize on on whatever audience is left, and then they didn't do so well. They're like, oh, we'll just reboot it. Well, that's that, usually the mentality, though. But that movie I thought was a soft reboot of Pirates. Like I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be. You know, uh, I mean, it was with, still Jack, but sure. then you replace um, uh, the uh, Orlando Blooming Onions character, and the, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, uh, I don't know. I didn't mind that one as much as uh, the fourth entry was really. Oh, bad. I fell asleep yeah. during it. Yeah, he's a writer on Chernobyl, correct, Nate? Yeah, yep. So, including a writer from the Chernobyl series, it, it, I don't, I don't know if that's going to translate into that the same tone. That doesn't mix tonally well, with me. But I think that we think that because they're referencing, like the article references Chernobyl, he's obviously not going to write it so that it's he, more real and gritty, right? He's like also done, he's also done three Hangover movies, right? So <laughs> okay, imagine bringing some of that comedy element into it. Okay, so he's, uh, he's sure. A, so a then, diverse body of work. So yeah, that's that to say the least. My goodness, as but, well as the new Charlie's Angels. He which, wrote that. Yeah. 
Okay, so I know. like Chernobyl's like the only. This is a so, spotty resume, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chernobyl's the only thing that I would say is respectable, but I think yeah. then that didn't rely too much on the writing as much as it did the execution, right, and the content, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm again. I'm interested. Like the, the, the Pirates is good. I like Pirates. I think to Kevin's point, though, you know, Johnny Depp that. carried that. So you do need to find someone to anchor these movies if you yeah. are going to be creating a reboot. But it's just going to be constantly compared. Well, that's not Jack Sparrow. Yeah. So I don't want to watch and, it. And I think I heard somewhere that the writers of Deadpool were originally linked to this project. Yeah. So originally, and then they exited the project like, earlier. I year. could see taking it in a different comedic tone that way, making it work. Right. You know, um, this just seems strange. I don't know. We'll see. Well, speaking of something, well, I guess we won't see. Uh, this last story from Laura Hurley over at Cinema Blend. HBO's Game of Thrones prequel spinoff officially canceled after troubled pilot. Uh, executives at HBO apparently screened the pilot, which had been fully filmed over the summer. And TV line states that they weren't happy with the finished project. Um, they sent the showrunner, Jane Goldman, back to fix some issues. Um, and apparently it just didn't didn't pan out. So that's interesting because original, the original Game of Thrones, yeah. the pilot was riddled with errors. They, and they recast and they reshot stuff and they re-tinkered scripts and look at what happened with it. So I'm surprised that they gave up on this one so quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 in that article that I was referencing before where they were giving highlights in, in this in this conference – they did mention how the first season and even the first episode, they learned a lot. I, I did appreciate the honesty that went into some of their comments about it, but obviously where it went and how honest they were didn't really pan out for them. I got to be honest, the, the cast of that sounded so boring. Uh, it's interesting. Like it Naomi was Watts was in it. Oh, I Naomi, know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just put the Zs in a speech bubble above my head now, like boring. Mm. Well, it's unfortunate though because I, I think there is still more to tell in that world. But well, wonder, yeah, that's why wonder... that's why the new news just came out from Game of Thrones on Facebook. At least I see it mm. from the official Game of Thrones Facebook page. Is that they are now uh, going news. ahead with uh, Fire and Blood, the Targaryen series. The Targaryen series. Okay, I've only listened to about ten to twelve hours of the audiobook, <laughs> but it is wicked. Yeah, like okay. I don't know how they're going to tell this story that takes place over hundreds of years with generations of Targaryens. I right. don't know if they, they focus on one person's 20-year story or yeah. whatever, but this, the, the story of the, how the Targaryens take over Westeros uh, has been really, really entertaining in the in the audiobook mm. and, and book format. So, so we, this would be almost like a, um, a prequel a la Better Call Saul sort of thing. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's that, that sounds interesting because it sets up the history that we already know that we've we've watched and seen, and, and we, yeah. we 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 see it. So it, it would be interesting to see. Let me tell like you, that. the Dornish are very very interesting in this compared to what they came off as uh, on the show. show so really? oh, that's good. Oh, that's they're cool. they're the, actually the coolest part of the stories that I've listened to right now. Their people and and their interactions with the Targaryens. So, cool. and do you think like how much do you think audiences will really like? you're a big Game of Thrones fan. You've read the books. You're listening to 10 hours of audiobooks and things like that. How, the average fan that watches Game of Thrones, what is that going to do for them in terms of... I mean, maybe because it's more focused now in a world that they're familiar with right. instead of thousands of years earlier that would be drastically different than the Westeros and everything that people know. Yeah. I mean, this is how that came together a little bit more. So maybe they'll latch on to it. I, I I know, but like I was so looking forward to seeing some like you know how the first man, yeah, the, the first man, and like and, and, yeah, like and and the White Walkers and 
you know, the Night King and, and Oh, all I that do stuff. not want any more White Walkers after now that we know how they end, I don't really care how they begin. Right. But oh, I mean even true. just to that's even to point. justify why they ended the way well, they did. But we didn't get an answer as to who he was, what his motive yeah. was, where he was going. It, it, like I guess maybe we did. I just feel like it was so no, ambiguous. No, we didn't. It wasn't state- we yeah. didn't. Yeah, we, we didn't did. at all. Okay. Well, now that yeah. he's gone, he's chilling with Walt on the island. So uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and move into spooky trailer time. <laughs> Is that good? It's trailer time. <laughs> All right, our first trailer is uh, for, based off the name, I thought that this was a, a horror movie. Um, I don't know what this movie is. Um, it's called Bloodshot. Uh, it's starring Vin Diesel and uh, Isa Gonzalez and Sam Huygen, uh, directed by Dave Wilson. Guys, and based on a comic no one's heard of. Right? What is this? I, it, you mentioned Guy Pierce there? No. Is Guy, he in it? Yeah, Guy Pierce is the bad guy. Yeah, he he's oh, in okay. it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But my question is, is... What okay? Watching this trailer, what was this movie about? Well, I I think they actually gave way too much away. It apparently looks like he was killed, and then okay. he's resurrected, and he's he's enhanced, and then they are using him as a weapon. Okay, that seems to go. They play with his mind, and they send him on missions to kill these people based on a memory that he's never even had, and they're adapting it. Yeah, like who knows if he even did live and die, live or die. Right? He's just being implanted with memories to kill people. Exactly. Targets specifically for this company, if they're run by the government or not. Okay. So that being said, this looks like the dumbest movie I think Hollywood <laughs> has ever pushed out. It looks like another triple X failure, and this trailer, yeah, led left nothing to the imagination. It looked like a parody of itself. Like it looked like like they they've got a scientist guy and you you the the nanobots in your bloodstream and it's just like i i just couldn't figure out what the movie with your description kevin sounds so much cooler than what i watched in that trailer um because that just was a hodgepodge of stuff i did like how he fought uh spider-man in the uh the the big you mean venom (laughs) no with the suit with the arms oh yeah yeah, the robot but it almost feels like it it could maybe be like another venom well there's a lot going. sure it was very venomy in that sense yeah yeah. there's a lot going on though in this movie and it and I, I just think that they, they left nothing to the imagination. This is the problem with trailers. This is, it's, it's literally, we have to show the audience everything or else they're not going to come see this yeah, it's movie. It's like a skyscraper with yeah. the rock there. Oh my God. That's the only <laughs> way they could sell that Dude. movie is show you literally everything that's going to happen. And, and that movie, liter- I've watched it. It is the trailer. Yeah. It is the trailer. Yeah. So if, if anything, the marketing for this movie, you've seen the movie. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but it. as soon as you say Vin Diesel, Mm-hmm. Unless it's a Fast and Furious movie, I know it's gonna suck. I just I couldn't take him seriously. Like when the moment he opens his mouth and unless like, he's talking about family and driving cars off cliffs, man, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we're not gonna go see that on February twenty first, twenty twenty. Something we might see sooner than later, though. Um, countdown. Uh, so this is a horror movie about. Um, this woman who downloads an app uh, that claims to predict the moment a person will die. And she only gets three days. Um, of course, crazy things happen around her to make her think that this is actually going to happen. Kevin, you and I saw this movie. 
we saw Final Destination. Yeah, it, very, it <laughs> this, does very much is, look like that. This is Final Destination, the millennial edition. Yeah. <laughs> the, she, she gets some avocado toast and starts eating it. <laughs> that's how she dies, actually. You spoiled it for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly it. She's going to go through thinking that she's seeing all of these scary things. Yeah. And then it's just going to end and she's going to go spread some right. avocado on her toast, yeah. eat it, and die. Yeah, she had, a, she had a bad weed trip because she got uh, the wrong strain. <laughs> this looked really lousy. Uh, uh, the only, the best part about this trailer was the tagline at the end death there's an app for that that's the only thing that was remotely entertaining about that trailer fun no but it looks it looks like a parody it looks like it's almost like you you don't know if it's taking itself seriously what's the other one uh the happening oh we were talking with the trees yeah i don't yeah you know what I mean? Like that that's an unintentional parody of itself well also this one this one needed to be fun yeah. Uh, kind of like a movie I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit later. Happy Death Day to you, Ooh, okay. or Happy Death Day. Uh, you know, it's a fun. You have to have fun with this a concept what? like this, or it's you know, it's uh, the Grudge. Mm. Mm. Speaking of, yeah, um, the Grudge trailer coming out January third, twenty twenty. This looks interesting. Yeah, it, it and it's by the same people who did the Evil Dead reboot, which was insanely. Scary. I right. Was, I was blown away at how scary that was. I'll admit that this looks scarier than that. What was it? Sarah Michelle Geller? Yes. And the, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, this looks scarier than that. You it probably won't hold a candle to the original Japanese version. Yeah. Do you think production on this was done before John Cho uh, hurt his ankle? Did you guys hear that? Because John Cho was supposed to be doing um, the the new live action version of. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, no, he. Uh, this was definitely done well before. Well before that, yeah. I was going to say maybe he hurt his ankle running away from this scary little Japanese girl. But in terms of in terms of the Grudge, like um, I've I've seen snippets of the original Grudge. I don't think I've ever watched it in full. Um, but you know all the classic like moments from it and things like that. The hand in the sh- the shower. Yeah. And, and the girl crawling out of tubs and stuff. Yeah. This is underneath the bed. A crappier like a version of the Ring and a better version of this movie. They're all the same. <laughs> Yeah, they, they all have the same aesthetic. But this, and why are you remaking a movie that's ten years old? This right. is another pirate situation. It's like too new. It's longer. It's too it's, new. It's longer than ten years, though. Mm, I will find that. Maybe out. the original. Grudge? Yeah, no, the original. No, not yeah. the not the. I'm talking about the the reboot with or the, the 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 American version. 2004. Okay, so oh, 15 years. Now we're okay. So, with yeah. That. Well, no, don't remake no. anything that has a two in the date. Well, here's my thing. I think it goes without saying. And why for, would you remake it? Because the 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 other one was so classic and it, and it worked right well, no i don't think so i don't think that was well received the grudge the grudge was, the grudge was well Geller? received yeah well for a january 3rd release date like all these movies are missing halloween no but that again you have to remember with with the way that they market these movies and they 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 release them it's not all about them just landing in a significant time they yeah. got to fill in times because we're what are you going to do up until summer when it's all blockbusters and big right. big big movies a 5.9 IMDb score. It was not well received. Rough. It's junk. Yeah. It's a cult classic though, and I know people I, I know people that appreciate it. I think it. you're confusing it with either the original version or you just making this up. Did you like it or something and I'm <laughs> no, insulting no, a movie maybe, you like? Maybe I'm mixing it up with The Ring. Mm. Yeah. Maybe the Ring was the, the Ring was popular. Yeah, I think it was the actually, first to do it in North America. Yeah, correct. Now all these movies are just doing the same crap with the same scary little wet-haired girl. Yeah. Now, moving on to something that is going to be super dark. Uh, this next trailer, Antlers, uh, directed by Scott Cooper. This looks really freaky, and my boy Jesse Plemons is in it, 
And I love Jesse Plemons. That, that's reason. Fat Damon, right? <laughs> he's Fatter Damon in that trailer. He gained a little bit he's of weight. Okay, thick, man. Listen, no way. He's big. In that. It was for the role because oh, know, was it all detectives? They eat donuts, all right. cops, right? So, um, so, but no, this is this looks freaky. I mean, uh, it it was the best trailer that we reviewed. Yeah, Guillermo I think Del I think Toro directing this movie. Yeah, uh, just no, part or of no, it's just part of it. Just part yeah, of it. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. yeah. Scott it's, Cooper's directing. Yeah, Scott Cooper's directing it. Um, no, this this was the best trailer that we. Like we viewed, it didn't get like second to that would be Grudge. I mm-hmm. actually really enjoyed that trailer. It gave you the amount of like suspense and didn't tell you everything. Yeah, even though you kind of already know because it is the Grudge. But with you guys this, are crazy. I like Bloodshot. <laughs> <laughs> but this was you know nothing and just the way it was sold with this kid and yeah. And what's he is he reassembling? He says something about dad at the end. Is he trying to reanimate his father using like animal parts or, or something? Like or something like he's keeping him alive. I think he's oh. keeping something alive, and, right. and I think for Jeez. for a reason. So yeah. I think that's that's what's interesting. I I was so intrigued, and it does look freaky. Yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent going to see this one. Yeah, that's the one I'm least likely to see because it actually looks <laughs> scary. scary. So no, thank you. I mean, the only thing again, speaking about trailers giving everything away, I was both happy to hear him say "daddy" at the end, and then disappointed. At You're the same right. Time. If 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 what you think might be going on, they did sort of give that away, didn't they? I'm hoping my my only hope is that they find a twist that's even better than that. Right. That pulls you in and you think, oh, he's helping his dad and then something even crazier happens. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see. Uh, that one is coming out uh, also uh, in January, January 1st, 2020. Damn it. Uh, so yeah, see that one. that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll just can... I'll just go see Star Wars for the third time or something. No thanks. <laughs> Probably I'll skip by that, that time one. it'll be like sixth. Seventeenth time after our marathon. Cool guys. Well that is all of our spooky scary trailers uh for trailer time. Um now I'm a little bit too scared, but uh let's get into our topic of the show. This is not a total recast. This is a total scare cast. And uh, I've kind of tasked everyone to pick a, a non-horror genre film and recast it into a horror movie or thriller. Um, we'll change the director, the cast, and even add uh, maybe a little bit of plot to slightly help them, you know, fit the genre a little bit better. Um, so with that being said, um, who do we want to go first? Guys? Why don't you, why don't you show do us you how to... this is done, Nate? Okay. So, all right, let's see what we got here. So for my total scare cast, I am going to be recasting Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Cool. <laughs> so That's a good one. This is going to be directed Guillermo del Toro. Perfect. Mm. Um, and so he's going to be directing, I think, his visual style for some of the crazy things that you can do with this factory. Um, I think it'll be really interesting. Um, I'll get into why I think he's even better a little bit later on. Um, for the role of Charlie, I'm going to be picking Jaden Martell. Jaden Martell is from It. Uh, he plays Bill. You are correct. Yeah, so J- Jaden Martell plays Bill. He's kind of like the taller one. Um, and I just think for once you hear my, my plot, it might make a little bit more sense. Uh, but he's playing Charlie. I just thought find any blonde haired kid guy teen i mean he's not blonde but yeah no you're right i think he i think he does fit the role well i see where you're going yeah with that. no i could see him in uh... find a white kid that can act 
Um, coming up next for Grandpa Joe, Max von Sydow. So do you guys are aware yeah, of Max von Sydow? I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah right? Course, yeah. So imagine. Jeez, he's getting so old, he might actually be bedridden. <laughs> Hopefully not. But <laughs> but uh, I just think he's he has the opportunity to play more of a, a sort of more serious, creepy Grandpa Joe um, that we're not sure necessarily his intentions with, you know, helping his grandson you know, to win this, uh, this competition to go to a factory, which might not be what it seems. So Mrs. Bucket, who is, uh, Charlie's mom is going to be played by Brie Larson. Uh, just a younger mom sort of look to her. Uh, just easy. She's not gonna be there for too much of the film. Um, for Violet Beauregard, Millie Bobby Brown is going to be our Violet Beauregard. You're turning uh, sweet little Eleven into a bad guy. Yeah, yeah nice. oh, absolutely, absolutely. Let's give her a chance to. She's played so many roles where she's Eleven, you know. So I wanted to try and give her something different. Um, with Violet Beauregard being the, she's like the sporty, like super competitive, you know, hair slicked back sort of look on her. Um, I think would be really cool for Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, for Augustus Gloop, we have Julian Dennison. So Julian Dennison is one of your favorite movies, Justin, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, okay. So you've got, yeah, yeah. right, he's a little bit Deadpool. of a bigger, yeah, 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 like, yeah. the guy from Deadpool, right? He's yeah. a little bit of a bigger kid, right? Bigger guy. So I think that would be a really fun role for him to kind of sink his teeth into. Sink his teeth into. And get really Like a chocolate bar. Gloopy. <laughs> uh, for Ver- Veruca Salt, um, I chose Aubrey Francis Anderson of um, Modern Family fame oh, okay. um so she's the young daughter of cam and lily lily right so um i think she could do a good job like i've i've only seen her a little bit in modern family i haven't watched too much of that show but i think her ability to to you know uh speak back to her parents like in those episodes where she like acts out um i think it would be really cool to see her embrace that so i think it'd be kind of neat a different take on her cool for Mike TV, we've got Evan Alex, who is from Us. He's the he's the kid, uh, the boy in in Us in that family. Um, so I just think for Mike TV, kind of you know, again doing that really sort of you know in the trailer for Us when he's just staring back at his his whatever they're called his tethered and uh, and he's sort of just looking at him. Imagine that, but then in front of a TV, just really freaky. Um, and then for the Oompa Loompa. And, uh, you know, this, I think this is interesting casting. Um, it would be Peter Dinklage, uh, just coming in, you know, kind of taking on that role that are you going to give, are you going to give the Oompa Loompas maybe a little bit more to do than just sing and, and pour flour into a a chocolate river? Well, there's not going to be multiple Oompa Loompas. There's going to be an Oompa Loompa. So you're not Tim Burtoning this and just giving me a hundred no. Peter Dinklage's. Okay, <laughs> good. Okay, Peter cool. Yeah. Just gotta make Thank sure. God. Thank God. <laughs> Only one Peter Dinklage. And last but not least, certainly not least, Willy Wonka will be played by Jeff Goldblum. Oh, wow. In his kind of that's your, first... That's your best casting Moving right into... Uh, dude, right? How yeah. good is that, right? Like, especially yeah. kind of taking on a different role for him, still being eccentric, still being Jeff Goldblum, but, but getting a little bit darker with it. And, you know, getting to see, like... Like seeing him in some of his more serious roles, like seeing him in like The Fly, for for instance, and just kind of coming off some of those vibes where he can kind of really be eerie and creepy, I think is going to be awesome. Yeah, he'd do better than Johnny Depp. I mean, I love Jeff Gold. I think everybody in the world does. Right. But he really does balance between uh, being eccentric and being 
an absolute creepo weirdo, right? right. And, he, and he's so lovely that he he he's on the positive side of that. Correct. But you just tip that scale a little bit, and he could go full blown weirdo. So I like that. I I could see him really uh, being being quite crazy in that role. So let me give you my elevator pitch for this movie: a poor but hopeful boy seeks one of the five coveted golden tickets that will send him on a tour of Willy Wonka's mysterious miracle factory in hopes he will be able to finally leave his family that treats him terrible. His grandfather shows him nothing but kindness, and the grandfather actually submits the boy's name into a contest that can only be won by kids, and to both their surprise, Charlie wins. Grandpa Joe and Charlie get to the factory only to find it's not all what they expected. Um, so the char- the factory in this case is going to be uh, positioned as a factory that solves life's problems for people. So it's it's a miracle factory. So they they go in and they 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 fix people's lives essentially. Um, they arrive in a dark room and the door locks behind them and the brightest light they'd ever seen lights up and they're they're greeted by William Wonka and his partner Olumpa. And uh, he promises the children, all of them will rid themselves of their worst attributes if they pass their tests. Immediately, they fall into separate rooms, each stuck having to pass a sadistic alternate reality test. All of them fail in the most gruesome way possible, uh, each one worse than before. Will Charlie survive? And where did Grandpa Joe go? Find out in Guillermo del Toro's The Factory. Not bad? I like it. Yeah, I wouldn't see that movie. <laughs> uh-huh. Too scary for you? No, I just don't want to watch a bunch of kids get mutilated personally. But uh... listen, they're teenagers. Okay, I think they can handle it. I mean, if you look at if you look at especially um, you know us and things like that, seeing some of those age kids, and by the time this movie comes out, they'll be a little bit older. So I don't think you have to worry too much about that. Well, it's interesting because it's like it's totally not what the source material is. It's just referencing like characters or aspects of it. And I just mean, telling you went pretty far out on the story. Yeah, yeah you I went mean, very far. You just need to take that original Willy Wonka and, and just show what happens to those kids and it becomes a horror <laughs> well, movie, but that's, right? That's it, right? Like I think that that's the better way to play it is that mm-hmm. it's still, it still has some of those attributes that are very traditional to the, that. I like the idea of calling it the factory. It's kind of like Willy Wonka meets Saw. Correct. And yes. that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like they, they are all put into these positions where where they think that they are, are doing making the right decision and they're they're you know, they get really each one of them have their own, you know, gluttony and greed and and competitiveness and all of them have, you know, too much T V or, or too much screen time, right? And so taking all of those things and, and making them almost you know, in a weird, creepy, sadistic Jeff Goldblum character coming in and, and making them feel like they are. They are getting better. They are doing well, better. After hearing after hearing your pitch, it's like Jeff Goldblum would be good for a Willy Wonka role, but for the one that you just described, I don't think he's good for that. No, no. Who would you put in there instead? Oh, ooh, that's a tough one. Maybe someone. Yeah, you can't talk smack if you don't have a back. Well, I would say Jude Law. <laughs> I say Jude Law could really kind of give some dynamic range to that and really go creepy. But I don't think he's fun enough. Like again, this can this can. What be about a, a what about a Ray Fines? Mm-hmm. You know, because he can go super quirky, but he's also been. Yeah. Evil, and I'm not even talking, you know, um, necessarily um, Harry Potter, right? right Voldemort, but uh, I don't know if you've seen Red Dragon. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, yeah. like he can go super sadistic and yeah. be as quirky and lovely as possible. So maybe he's. I don't mind the Goldblum for this role. You know, yeah. I, I could see. I him. like Goldblum for for a Willy Wonka reboot. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's a great cool. idea. All right. Well, I there get, is I get one, one movie. There's one movie I would endorse a reboot of. I like Elements. Yeah. I, I certainly think you could work with Elements and and make that. Uh, a reality. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Great title. 
Excellent. Thank you. The awesome. Factory. Yes. Awesome. So am I next? Justin, you are next. Okay. Let's see what you got. And then I'm going to tear it apart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. So I'm going to be recasting a movie that I absolutely loved when I was a kid, The Mask. Oh, okay. And now my motif with this is to recast. Well, the thing is, is that you're thinking of Jim Carrey. So yeah. we're, we're, we're going to strip this down. Okay. Um, we're going back to comic book history of The Mask. Okay. So darker, more psychotic, uh, a little bit more um, about kind of aspects of, of who Jim Carrey's character was, mm-hmm. but lose the animated, lose that sort of super high glossy animation. Because the whole idea is to infuse a little bit more horror into this. So the kind of horror movies that I like are more like thrillers that have aspects of horror that are more like leave the audience kind of questioning certain things. So I see the interest in The Mask as being like a duplicity between two characters and this character, the main character, having to kind of cope with maybe having two personalities always inside of them and going really dark with that. And kind of in the process, I think would be cool. Not like the Joker, but this person would become a hero would actually be able to do that because that's kind of where the mask goes, but it's like the anti-hero, if mm. you will. Um, so who's playing Jim Carrey? So <clears throat> I would say first, that was the pitch. The director or slash writer I would go for is Carrie Fukunaga. Who did? True Detective. I think oh. he's in the process. Uh, he did. He wrote it, uh, the the first one. Um, cool. So I, and I think he wrote the second one, but I'm not sure. But he has this idea of understanding like how to write character more character focus things okay um but true detective is as a testament to him okay i dig that yeah i like him uh so the thing with the story is is that you cannot do it one of two ways mm-hmm. you can do it as its own reboot yeah and you keep the cast as male female bad guy okay. right and you just keep it very focused on that yeah so if you go down that route Mm-hmm. You could do Eddie Remain as the main character. So you wouldn't name him Stanley Ipkiss. Right. That wouldn't be what you do. You could go different with it. Yeah. But it still has the same tone of, of the male protagonist. Okay. The female role I would go with is Zendaya. Okay. Yeah, so Zendaya. this is more of a younger group uh, of casting. Yeah, then? maybe a little bit. But maybe it's not like she's in a relationship with him. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you don't write it in that aspect. Right. Um, I think the villain could be Tom Hardy. Oh, okay. Right? Cool. And if you wanted to, you could do a very gangster style, sort of reminiscent, you know, but more classy. Yeah. Very much like in the uh, original movie, which was uh, played by Peter Green. Okay. I think his name was Dorian. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you could definitely do something like that if you wanted to, like, really draw back. But I was also thinking if you wanted to be different, you could flip the roles. Mm-hmm. So, Eddie Remain would actually be the secondary character, and Zendaya would be your protagonist oh wow and she's the one that's going through this psychotic See, now now i'm maybe a little more interested in that yeah so like you could do something like that i I, and but i i only i only teeter on that as being an option because there's a lot of that happening right now where it's like reimagining and rebooting but also doing gender sort of right gender swap yeah so who are you gonna call yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) so you know it uh, you could do it though if you wanted to yeah and it would just be a whole you could do either a sequel or a direct reboot, whatever you want to do. But I would just want to keep it more about the mentality and this sort of like mixing of the two more of like a psychological thriller uh, aspect to to the mask. So that's my pitch. I love it. Um, And so, but for Zendaya's character, she like, she would wear a mask. 
Yeah, like it, she would she would discover the mask. You would have that yeah. similar sort of origin, the something that feels familiar. Yeah, and maybe bring that in. See, in my mind, again, because of her age, I'm just picturing her like she wants to go to a Halloween party or something. Maybe, yeah. I think I think yeah. that's also casting, but like it's roles. It's something like this that could definitely push someone to being seen differently. Euphoria it, it does deal with high school, and she looks sure. very high school for it. But she, you know, so this is the, this is going to be the movie that moves her away from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It shows it. a little, it shows a little bit more, and she can really own it. And I think she shows a great dynamic interaction. And the title for that movie is "The Mask." I was just gonna say "Mask," <laughs> but I love it. Yeah, drop oh, the the it's yeah, cleaner. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure I'm seeing the horror elements and how an antihero and a bad guy fit into a horror story. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea that I think could be worked with. Yeah, it has some elements that would need to be reworked. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a there's an opportunity with that story to go very thriller side of horror. Like in um, this kind of the more scary parts of Doctor Strange, like those weird sort of psychological um, moments where he's falling through time and space like i think you could maybe work with color in that way and and kind of you know and it's almost torturous for her in the mask yeah. and it maybe it drives her to do bad things and she's exactly. trying to fight that i could see how it that's could cool. be expanded or and if, worked on or what if it had its own voice right but so what if you bring she in would, it she would be another character yeah. in that mask and that she would hear that voice hear that voice, and that voice would interact with you her. just don't want it to get too venomy sure you know? yes yeah. absolutely yeah. especially if you've got did you say tom hardy's in that as well yeah absolutely. yeah so yeah let's you know <laughs> careful yeah Cool. All right, Kevin. Um, I love that, Justin. What, Kevin? What do you got for uh, for Scarecast? Okay. Well, I went a little different. Uh, if you've been listening to the show, mm-hmm. um, you know I'm not the biggest horror movie fan, mm-hmm. so I didn't really feel like my expertise he would loves- lend itself to mm-hmm. recast a movie as a straight up horror. What I do enjoy is a, a straight up horror. 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 That's H O R R O R. What I do enjoy though is a good horror comedy. Okay. I love a good horror comedy. Cool. I'm talking Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, uh, I mean, not, not that I've seen it, but I know Evil Dead 2 and sure. 3 certainly lend themselves to that more than the first. Um, but the one I'm most specifically sort of thinking about would be a Tucker versus uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And that sort of style I'm going to apply, uh, I'm going to apply that kind of style to Christmas Vacation. Wow. Okay. Um, so just sit with, chill with me okay, here as I'm, I get into this. I'm, we're we're along for the ride. Um, we're in our seats. Do you, you want got your my, tickets? Do you want my popcorn? cast first? Let's go with. Uh, do you have a director? I do. So my director is going to be uh, Christopher Landon. Uh, he's done the uh, Happy Death Day movies. Okay. Um, he's done a couple other horror movies, uh, all to varying levels of meddling success. Mm-hmm. But if I want this sort of fun, upbeat horror movie. I think he might be able to take what he's done in uh, the Happy Death Day movies and and apply it to something new. So I went with somebody, you know, who let's let's give him a chance to really show what he can do here with with a, a good script rather than the junk he's kind of been working with uh, mostly up till now. And um, I'm hearing the trailer kind of it's got like sort of like a fun like like sort of song going. Sure, maybe a Christmas song as they're driving up to the cabin and everything like that. So it's essentially a horror comedy with a twist, Clark. Is going to be played by Paul Rudd. <laughs> of course. Lovable Paul Rudd, who's yeah. going to get himself Brilliant. into a series of trouble. Yeah. His wife, Ellen, uh, will be played by Amy Poehler. Of course. Oh, perfect. And then their children, Audrey and Rusty, mm-hmm. will be played by Emma Roberts. Now, Emma Roberts is the new Scream Queen. Oh, okay. Um, you know, she's been in American Horror Story. Oh, I believe she was in were. Scream 4. 
and even a show called Scream Queens. Yes. And um, then she was also in, uh, what Julia, was that movie? That, Julia the, Roberts' niece? I believe so, yes. She was in that movie, Were the Millers? Yes. Which, oh, like, great. perfect. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love Emma Roberts. I really do like Very her work. Cool. Uh, she's a lot of fun. And then Rusty, because we need a ginger and I want to see this man die on screen, give me some Ed Sheeran. No. Just way. for kicks. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Just for kicks. And that's you know what? Way. I mean, he was a lot of fun in, like, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he showed some chops in that. Is so that the he, only thing he's. That's the only thing I. Oh, and Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> no singing in this movie, though, I promise, folks. Um, and then you're going to get uh, Uncle Eddie. He's going to be played by Rain Wilson. Perfect. And wow. his wife, Catherine, will be uh, Isla Fisher, who can play kind of quirky, because I need some really quirky characters yeah, in yeah, that yeah. role. She can definitely do like sort of the crazy. Minus your horror influence to this, this is a great casting just for a Christmas vacation movie. <laughs> yes, yes. It probably would be, it, it would be, be a brilliant. lot of fun. Yeah, it would be brilliant. Um, but so again, this... Uh, <laughs> so. Um, what basically happens is they go up to the, the, the cabin, they're having a nice Christmas. All of a sudden, things start going awkwardly wrong for Clark. And terrible accidents keep happening, even though he's not aware of it. So think about all the big moments in the, the Christmas Vacation movie. They go and chop down the tree, mm-hmm. but it goes horribly wrong and actually crushes one of the people. <laughs> it, be it uh, maybe Rusty dies here. Right. Uh, maybe the neighbors, Todd and Margaret, maybe they die. Right. Uh, you know, he, he sets up all the lights and asks somebody to help. And they go down and plug it in and they get electrocuted to death. And he's unaware that these people keep dropping off around him. Bringing in the Tucker and boom, Dale boom, influence, you know, right? right? So it's unintentional. He has no idea. And you just think, oh, these are terrible incidents Incidents happening. Yeah. Until all of a sudden, you're just left with Clark and Eddie and Catherine. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they've been behind it all along. Oh, planning spoilers. everything. And he has to fight them off to survive. Cool. But he's also left without a family or friends or anything. So, oh, so it, it starts off like a fun, Dark. awkward sort of movie and ends pretty dark, I hope, yeah. you know, to get that horror punch to it. So it's yeah. not too slapsticky. Yeah, but it's like, it's nice because you have like a two sort of like two beats to, to the you movie. You get this twist, right? You yeah. think it's all fun and games until all of a sudden you, you find out that Eddie's been behind it all along. That's Crazy Uncle That's Eddie. Especially with, you know, Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson, you know. He being sort able of, to pull that off. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I could also see him being potentially more reserved in the first half of the movie and then breaking more into his nutty Dwight Schrute-esque, yeah. you know. Mode. Oh, yeah. And Dwight Schrute D- Dwight Schrute channeling, uh, what's Shoot. it, Randy Quaid, right? So there we go. <laughs> well, I think we all know who won this scare cast. Kevin. I know it's not a competition. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of you. Um, but I would agree, just to end this off, that I would just rather see that as a Christmas Vacation remake. Okay. So keep it a comedy. Have fun with that cast. I'd love to see that. Cool. Cool. Well, that has been our total scare cast. Um, next up, we're going to move into Mailbag. Uh, Jesse from Toronto writes in. Uh, thank you, Jesse, for writing in. By the way, if, if any of you guys would like to write in uh, who are listening to this right now, Justin, can, where can they write in to? Uh, they can reach us at WeAreGeekCentric at gmail.com that's we are geekcentric at gmail.com it's not a sound bite that's just he does that every time <laughs> i do um, it every time <laughs> so uh you know we want to uh we, jesse asks what are the top three movies uh that you like to watch around halloween so these aren't necessarily they don't have to be horror movies necessarily um they just have to be movies that fit perfectly with the spirit of the season okay so um okay now, I will admit, I haven't seen this movie in about 25 years. But as a kid, it was one of my favorites. 
Um, I was big on the Ernest series as a kid. I loved me some Ernest. Ernest, Ernest goes, goes to, to jail. <laughs> Ernest goes to school. But my favorite, yeah, probably rented this ten different times, and it didn't even have to be Halloween, but yeah. it certainly fits the theme. Was Ernest Scared Stupid? Okay. I loved Ernest Scared Stupid. This movie is no doubt absolutely horrible, but the Ernest character played by uh, Jim Varney. Um, was just a, an all-time favorite slapsticky sort of comedy character of mine as a kid growing up. And this one wasn't scary enough to really throw me off as a kid when I was an even bigger wuss. Yeah. Um, but it had those themes, and he basically fights off an evil troll who's turning all the town children into wooden dolls. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a made-for-TV movie. And he basically probably beats him with a whoopee cushion and a, <laughs> and a wiffle ball bat, you know? That's the kind of movie we're talking about here, so... You've got the poster of him inside of a giant pumpkin making the same face in every single poster. Right, you just have to put bars beside it, and then it's in jail, and, and that to, sort Right, of thing. to the point where they literally probably just use that same photo for every poster and just photoshopped <laughs> yeah, it differently. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so awesome. that one, that one uh, just thinking about that, brought back some uh, memories of going to the old video store down the street and renting that boy on VHS a lot. Very cool. Ernest, scared, stupid. Justin, what is your number three? Uh, my number three is uh, a classic. Mm. It would actually be a Hitchcock classic, Psycho. Oh. Absolutely love that movie. I, like, I, like I was saying before, yeah. Like I was saying before, it, it's I'm I'm I like the horror movies that are a little bit more like thriller. You yeah. know, play with the mind a little bit more. Um, and you know, watching that for the first time when I was in uh, film school was was pretty awesome. Just to kind of get a sense of like how ahead of the time Hitchcock was. Cool. Oh, he he reinvented cinema in many ways with that. Have you seen the documentary? Um, What's it called here? 7852. No, I haven't. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. I'm not a big fan of the movie itself, yeah. uh, but I certainly appreciate what it did for cinema, specifically that shower scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what this documentary is all about. It's uh, It was 78 setups and 52 cuts to put that scene together. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and directors and, and, and editors and stuff come together and talk about just the brilliance behind what he did with that scene and and his team, right? His yep. his editor and cinematographer and the music and the set. It's it's you'll you'll love it. Yeah. It was really really I actually, fascinating. I forgot I forgot that note. That's a good that's a good point. Yeah, the fact that he he shot so many different takes and so many different angles and was able to take all of that footage to really make that seem so chaotic mm-hmm. and just you know it was it was brilliant because you never see anything but no, you exactly. see it all in the way they've shot it and the music and the it's it you got to watch this documentary you'll you'll be blown yeah, away you'll find I'll it so fascinating it so i've i've never seen psycho but i mean i've watched a little bit of bates motel is it worth seeing the the source material you have to yeah, you have to yeah, see yeah, it absolutely. once man. It's, it's, it's 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 iconic right it's iconic it's it's, in ta- it's now, entirely how do, how do you feel about the uh, vince von remake oh no <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> no that's that was that i i remember watching that I think shortly after I'd seen it and it was just Hitchcock was very much a uh, forward thinking filmmaker, very oh. different. And as a fan of filmmaking, I think that's yeah, where you appreciate it. That's where I appreciate it. My number three uh, has already been mentioned on this podcast. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus evil. Uh, it's a 2010 comedy horror film. Have you guys both seen it? I haven't actually seen it. Okay, have you Go out of it? your way. It's great. It's so it's it's it is great. And I remember originally thinking like going into the movie, I was like, okay, this is gonna be it's gonna be okay, but it's not gonna be that great. And it's really good. Um, Tyler Labine and Alan Tudyk play this pair of 
well-meaning hillbillies who are mistaken for killers by a group of clueless college students. And they're, they're all sort of like freaked out by these hillbillies that are coming over to them. And they just, they just want to be, you know, they, they think they're evil and awful and scary. I love the cinematography in the movie and the way that they cut like the visuals for it. Yeah, they take all these horror <laughs> tropes and... Yeah. And Tucker and Dale are unintentionally like dispersing these, you know, or you know, projecting these onto these poor kids who are terrified of them, and you know, it's so good. And then a series of mishaps, and they're they're just so kind-hearted and so charming that you you really root for these these two characters. Um, and it's just a, it's such a, it's such fun the way that they take those college students from being the albeit the you know the good characters sort of to becoming just these wretched yes. horrible people um is just awesome so definitely check it out um that's my number three kevin what's your number two uh number two on the list so this is one i've actually seen within the last two decades uh, um uh sarah and i have a series of movies we like to watch every halloween uh, we actually just watched it last night uh, the first of the two movies which is the adams family movies Okay. Uh, absolutely love the Adams Family movies. Uh, I think they are almost underappreciated in how brilliant they really are. Uh, you know, performances by Raul Julia, it, like him as Gomez, is just unbelievable. Like, have you seen it? No, another one. Get this. Get this man <laughs> no, some. Get him a TV with a VHS <laughs> you know, player yeah. and sit him in front. Let's of get it. some '90s tapes. Like, in front what of were this. your parents showing you, man? Good movies like The Lion King and sure, Five sure. Goes West. I mean, there's some dark undertones, but it's meant to be sweet and lovely lovely you know in the long run but no sure. uh, the Adams family movies are great and it's it's one case where the sequel is just as good as the first really? if not potentially better better, better. yeah really? yeah the the, uh, the sequel is amazing the kids go to camp and torment yeah, these poor so kids awesome. it's that's unbelievable awesome. we're actually watching that uh over the next either maybe tonight or tomorrow so i'm excited for that one cuz uh that's that's actually my favorite of the two but those movies are great go out of your way to check those out and uh super halloweeny for sure very cool Justin, what is your number two? I, I guess my number two, um, I, I'm, I'm going on the basis of things that I like to rewatch that definitely have these sort of vibes. So uh, American Psycho uh, with Christian Bale. Um, absolutely love that one. Another one of those very psychological horror movies. Yeah. Uh, I just love everything about it. The aesthetic, the the, the 90s vibe, you know, the, this idea of a businessman being so obsessed and so, you know, a perfectionist and even to down to the nuance of how he kills people. Yeah. Um, is that is that the one with the business card scene? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've seen perfectly off white. I've seen him oh, tastefully thick. But, and, and that scene is so pivotal because it shows him cracking. Like it shows that he's breaking in at work. Yeah. It's starting what, to come through. Yeah. It's starting to come through. Like it's such a great scene, and you really see that it's this. It's more about power that's driving him. Yeah. Um. I had watched it a lot because I wrote a paper about it. Mm. And, and funny enough, it was for a class about horror. Oh, cool. Um, it was a genre study class where all you did for the semester was just watch horror movies and, and like write about them and talk about them. And that's where Psycho kind of came out of it, too. So. I've seen, a, uh, I've seen a, a meme on the Internet of they've just replaced the business cards with Pokemon cards. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw one and uh, he's holding it, you know, and he says the same, oh, look at the subtle off-white. Yeah. It's tastefully, the perfectly tasteful thickness. And then it's actually a pig. And they even made it look like a pig. And then it's got Homer's BBBQ on it. You know, so, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, awesome. so that was pretty funny. That's fantastic. Yeah, so I definitely like to revisit that one. And Christian Bale's performance. Awesome. Um, my number two would be... Cabin in the Woods. I was so tempted to put that on my list. <laughs> so it's, um, if you haven't seen it, like, have you both seen it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So just like the idea of these them them literally portraying every single trope. And again, going into this movie, it was one of those things where I was not expecting what what I was going to get out of it. it. It's just such a it was so refreshing to to go into a horror movie and it starts to set itself up and you think you know what you're getting into and just the way that it twists it and turns it into almost this Truman Show-esque vibe to it. Um, the only way that movie could have been better mm-hmm. is if they were able to get the licenses to the characters that they were referencing. referencing. Yeah. If you had Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees yeah. and Chucky and mm-hmm. the Scream Ghost, if you had those characters coming out and like, and so it really was this idea that the horror movies we watch are just this government experiment for whatever purpose it, it, it that would have just been huge. Yeah. But even without that, it is because that was when I got dragged to kicking and screaming. I do not like horror movies. I do not want to see this movie. And it was anything, but it was brilliant. Chris Hemsworth is hilarious so in that movie. Good. And it, that was probably the first time that I'd... I mean, I don't... Yeah, that was the first time I'd that seen was, anything. That was pre-Thor. Funny, yeah, right? That was yeah. pre-Thor, so... Yeah, that movie went through a lot of, like, a lot of, like, problems. Like, it sat on the shelf for a Years, long time. Right, before. and, and like, the, so the creators of the film, um, one of the big things that they kind of noticed about, I guess, horror at the time was that it was fantasizing torture too much, like a la, like, Saw sort of thing, right? Um, so they wanted to try and steer away from that while embracing the things they loved about horror. So you could really tell in the movie, like, this is a movie for people that do love horror movies, but also it was smart enough and written well enough to the point where even if you didn't enjoy a lot of aspects about horror movies, you could laugh at that, right? So Yeah, I think the other thing was that it was marketed really well. It was marketed more as a horror movie, and then when you got into it, you know, oh, you so sat good. down and you watched it, and it's like, well, it, it like you said, it shifts halfway through, and then it's like, oh, wow, like this is entirely different from what it was set up to be. And that, that worked for me to remember it, like to, to again, for me to put it on a list like this, um, but right. for for going into the movie, I'm just wondering how many people didn't see it. And then, you know, so hopefully, hopefully this description was vague enough that if you haven't seen it, go see it or watch it. Yeah, I don't think we gave anything away too, too much, but that is one that I recommend to people a lot. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and I've never heard a negative feedback from it. Everyone's gone like, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So definitely go out and check that one out. Very cool. We definitely vibe on the horror comedy part of things. I think so. And, I, I think uh, you need to laugh, or it's it's just too serious yeah, for me. I don't want to watch people get hacked up just for the sake. No, of it. for it's, sure. Yeah. I and I, I agree. I think that's overplayed with uh, in the horror sh- genre. But right. like now, the idea of fusing other elements into it—that's that's what horror is really. It's like horror is now just like a a recipe that you mix into other things. Yeah, and there are still those movies that are very slash them, cut them, gore sure. heavy. You but know you can. Mean? But again, those movies. When they when they understand what they are, they're more enjoyable. When it's right. those movies that are doing the gory thing and they don't quite understand that that's the way they're doing it is kind of laughable. Like I think my as far as the most gory thing that I've seen this year um, that really stuck with me was uh, watching Hereditary. Um, so like when I saw Hereditary, I, I've said that, that was gory. I would say no, so. I think, I think it was more the idea. But you you brought up the idea laughable. Yes. Laughable. And I that found, was not laughable. No, no. But that's that's a realistic, horrifying, like you're scared. But yeah. there is a, a whole subculture within the horror genre yeah. mm-hmm. that appreciate that gore and they laugh at it. Like right. I've been at like packed theaters where when that kill scene happens, people are laughing. Yeah. Just because of how ridiculous it is. Movies that play with that and really go stupid with it, it's it's fun. Kevin, what is your number one 
Halloween movie? Jesse wants to know. Uh, my number one go-to must-watch every year pre-Halloween is the greatest Halloween movie ever made, Hocus Pocus. Oh. 100%. It was on my list. 100%. Oh, it can't get bumped. It's the best ever. <laughs> uh, I don't think much needs to be say, uh, said about it. I think it's a cult classic, and I think it gets more and more appreciated. I'm very excited that they recently announced that there's going to be something of a sequel they're going on with, Disney+. And they're bringing Plus. back the original. You know, let's get let's get Bet, uh, mm-hmm. Sarah, and uh, Catherine, and uh, Jimmy back, um, <laughs> and... Uh, See where they go from there, but uh, I love that movie. Fun, so much fun. Fun fact, people did not love it when it released. No, yes, it's come out as a cult class. It, I mean, yeah, I did. Exactly. It lost Disney $16.5 million. Which I guess, 93? In, yeah, 1993. Um, I'm guessing that was a lot of money for Disney. Now they're like, well, right. I, the, Kath, even Kathleen Kennedy's like, I, j- I got that in my wallet somewhere here. But yeah. uh, <laughs> um, I remember, I, I mean, I was eight years old. That movie was just so wonderful for an eight-year-old kid so i'm so happy that it's grown in sort of a a cult but i think i think the you liked mary didn't you (laughs) who didn't (sighs) i like them big you know (laughs) but i think the um the the interesting thing with it sort of coming back into popularity at least recently i mean it did celebrate its anniversary just last year yes um and during at the uh i was actually at disney world when they did the hocus pocus sort of celebration yeah, and they were yeah. right they were part of that and they they did that that performance it was mm-hmm. really cool yeah it was cool it was cool to see the like characters on stage yeah. Yeah. like obviously it wasn't them it. but like no you know. but you you were i mean you could have fooled me they were really good yeah at of it. course yeah it's disney yeah i actually missed that when i was there this year yeah we were, we were busy oh shoot yeah but i mean listen if you want to hear a really good uh replication performance of that um stay tuned for our next or it might already be out. Go yeah, check it'll it out be out. Now. Go check it's it out now. Go, go check watch out. our Halloween fun we're all, boxing. We're all plugging this video. Go check it out now. Go check it out. Sarah does an incredible... She's the best voice actor we have here. Oh, yeah. Justin, what is your number one Halloween movie? You have to watch it every Halloween. I have to watch it every Halloween. I mean, maybe you don't. But what's well, your number no, one? <laughs> but my number one is... <laughs> no is, one's going to force you. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, my number one, which kind of leans into the comedy and the, the horror side and is laughable and you enjoy is Slither. By James Gunn. Oh, <laughs> I've wanted to watch that movie, dude. Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Rooker. Um, those are your, your and it, quintessential. And, and it's members. by it's by James Gunn, man. That's right. That's one of his first. It's yeah, his first movie. Was, written yeah. and directed, right? Right. Because wasn't there um, wasn't there a reference to Slither in Guardians of the Galaxy? I believe so. I think there was like the creature was there. It was um, in one of the tanks the collector yeah, had, right? I think so. Yeah. That movie is like all kinds of no thank you for yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's, I it's really, it's really gross, but I, I have to say, when I saw it, I saw it in theaters. It was packed. Um, everyone was excited to see it. And people laughed more than they did like like Scream. Like there was definitely some jump scares, but it was more laughable, especially where it climaxed to to the antagonist and, and understanding and, and seeing it was it was and it was very visual like it, it yeah. was gross and it it garnished a lot of like, like they're going up the skin and stuff like that yeah no but like oh, yeah yeah if you haven't seen it nate you should definitely oh, and there's watch explosions it. and lots you of splatters no, are you kidding me <laughs> no. okay. i'm getting vibes of like that one scene from the mummy when that beetle crawls into that guy's arm is that Sure, and now oh, grosser. Sure, and yeah. grosser and and more visually yeah. disgusting. I'm in. It's well, it's well done. It's well cool. done. Cool. So yeah, that's that's definitely one of my number one horror movies. Cool. 
my number one Halloween movie, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. I, I dig it. It's something that's grown on me. I didn't love it the first time I saw it, actually. It's taken me, like, watching it over and over and over again to kind of really, like, understand it and then just respecting like the quality of what it was and and when it came out you know how it was made um it, and it's awesome because you can watch it two times in the year both on halloween and christmas uh, and if you're lucky enough to live in canada you might get to experience both seasons at once just like in the movie <laughs> <laughs> i remember last year actually um i we were watching it at a friend's apartment and literally as jack started discovering snowflakes we look outside and it starts snowing. That's some Disney magic for you. <laughs> it was amazing. It was so cool. Uh, it was really, really, it was a fantastic kind of experience. And the music, and I mean, what can you say about that That score? And obviously, we, you know, as you've maybe seen in the video that we just launched, like singing it has been, you know, part of our, our last few Halloween. Well, yeah, it's definitely, a, it's definitely one of those movies that brings those seasons together. It's very much like your... Uh, your pitch for the scare cast. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blend of like two holidays. They're obviously very literal with how they've incorporated both of those holidays, you know, and, and being kind of scared, but also enjoying the idea of holidays and stuff like that. It's, it's fun. It's a yeah. fun movie. It's, it's definitely a movie like you that I didn't enjoy the first time I saw it. 94. Uh, came out in, it's actually 93, 93. Uh, but that was one as a kid. I didn't really uh, like too much. Um, but and you then- loved Hocus Pocus. Yeah, man. Uh, I gave Disney some love that year. Um, but had to go back and watch it for our Halloween video last year and, you know, to get uh, an impression of the songs and stuff because we did the, uh, the the Nightmare Before Christmas musical. And, man, is that movie good. Yeah, I love it. And like you said, appreciating w- what they had to do to make that movie. Uh, you know, we do our, our form of animation. And so it's just staggering to think about how much work must have gone into that. That was a big thing, though, about that movie is how much effort went into making, you know, like all the different faces for Jack and how to animate him. So it looked so like he cool. was singing. It took, it took your stop motion animation from Wallace and Gromit. Uh, which is it is incredible and wonderful in its own way, and just amped it up a thousand times over, and you know, yeah, it established Tim Burton's own animation aesthetic. Yeah, he was literally one of the the great filmmakers with his own unique style, and I mean, his best movie is still Big Fish. Yes, uh, fight me on that one, but that's not what we're talking. Hold on, hold on, just no one second. You guys like Big Fish? I love Big Fish. Love Big Fish. Oh, thank goodness! I love Big Fish. Yeah, Big Fish it's is amazing. So good. It's amazing. It, it gets so much crap. No, but it, it's it's again, it's one of those transitional films. Yeah. It takes it in a new direction. I think if you're expecting a creepy, weird movie, yeah. you don't get it, it's. There's so much heart and it's and just sweetness so in that movie with that signature Tim Burton aesthetic right. in a brighter, like it's a new color scheme for him. It's everything. Yeah. So I, think, I can see I why, why people why didn't like it. Yeah. That's why it gets hated on so much. Yeah. It's like, it's not dark. It's not too weird. It has weird aspects. It doesn't have that gothic appeal. <laughs> no, that movie's wonderful. Go check that out if you haven't seen it, but we're talking about Halloween. Cool. So those are our top three Halloween movies. Go watch a Halloween movie. Um, Don't go watch Ernest Scared Stupid, guys. <laughs> maybe, There's eight movies on this list you should maybe check out. Maybe skip that one. <laughs> um, and lastly, Jesse just asked his one last tagline here. Uh, favorite Halloween candy. What is your favorite Halloween candy? Um, my favorite Halloween candy, I really like nerds. And and like, listen, obviously Snickers it's is... kind of like cannibalism because you're eating yourself. 
<laughs> well, listen, we're geeks, okay? Not nerds. Yeah, I like the right, knockoff. Sorry. There's a difference. I like knockoff nerds. Yeah, geeks. Yeah, geeks, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, um, I mean, uh, Snickers is phenomenal. Unfortunately, Justin has never gotten a chance to no, never. enjoy them. But um, nerds are one of those candy. When I think about Halloween candy, I think about candy that I only really experience around Halloween. And I don't, I'm not, who's going out and buying nerds? Oh, man. I was a big nerd eater. Really? I was, oh, I loved getting the box and yeah. you mix, the, and two you mix flavor. the two flavors. Pink and purple is the best. <laughs> it's so Fight good. me on that. Uh, Kevin, what is your favorite Halloween candy? That's really tough, man. Why is it that you, if you shrink down a chocolate bar, it's even better than the big version? <laughs> like I could never eat a full Three Musketeers bar, but when right. you give me that little one, I'll eat 10 of them, yeah, which has got to be more than a big full Three Musketeer bar. Um, I don't know. I think my favorite... Chocolate candy is Smarties. Smarties. I know that's a very Canadian thing. Yep. In America, um, they're known as rockets. Or no, they call. Uh, yeah. I think there's like some mix up there. Right. Well, because right we have rockets and yeah. they call them something else. They call our rockets. They call them Smarties, I think. That's right. It's something weird. Listen, right into us everything if you're up. from the States. Let us know if, you know, if we're wrong. Because they have Smarties over in England. I know that. Oh, cool. So the English, the the Brit, the British yeah. know what I'm talking about when I say Smarties. <laughs> Smarties are a thousand times better than M&M's. Wow. I hate regular M&Ms. I'm all about M&M peanut peanuts. M&Ms? Yeah. Give me that little yellow packet. Like, But but what about the, what about the mini M&Ms? Come on. M&M mini? No. The texture in your mouth out of nah. those, one of those, those tubes? Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Oh. No, I'm a Smarties, Smarties guy all the way. All right. So, like, I will pound tiny little boxes of Smarties <laughs> all day long. So, Sarah and Smarties. I have set out to buy only candy we don't like this year <laughs> so that we don't end up with an empty bowl at the front door when the kiddos come knocking. Smart. Smart. Justin? How about yourself? I'm interested to hear what yours. Well, I'm I'm definitely so for clarity. Mm-hmm. I like the Canadian version of rockets, which is the string candy. The uh, tubes, not the tubes. The... Are you talking the necklaces? Yeah. No, those aren't rockets. Those are not rockets, rockets. No, yeah. rockets are in the tubes. They're those little discs, they and they're little, powdery. They, they melt in indent. your mouth. They have yeah, an yeah. indent in them. Yeah, you're talking about that hard candy stuff that you wear yeah. around your neck. Yeah, yeah. What oh, is that? It's so gross when you think oh. about it. You're sucking on it, and your neck's all well, wet. Well, first yeah. off, that's not how I would eat it. I just actually eat them. Right off the string. <laughs> but as a Fair Halloween enough. candy, Here, as a Halloween candy, yeah. that's something that you would get a it's lot fun. of. Yeah, you get wear, a lot of. Wear this necklace, Justin, and just puts it in his mouth. No, I would never. Yeah, exactly. The, I, I would never wear it and eat it. I actually watched a kid once do that, and I was like, why would you do it that yeah. way? Well, it's the way you're supposed it's to do necklace. it. It's a necklace. My favorite My favorite thing. Uh, but you're covered I, in drool and powder, <laughs> and it's like falling on down your neck. Like, seriously. My favorite thing that my, my cousin David taught me with one of those necklaces is the ability to hold it in your teeth and then you make a little triangle and you shoot you bite it and half of it shoots off you launch them oh yeah, launches man. It yeah. At your other cousins yeah that's that was what was fun about it <laughs> oh yeah see that was one of those ones where i'd get home on mm-hmm. a on a drop off yeah and you'd quickly sort your candy into the stuff you like and the stuff you don't and that stuff you don't goes on the top of your bowl that you give out to people that's how you get rid of the, the junk and save the good stuff for yourself cool. that was one of my strategies at least excellent well those are our favorite Films, Halloween films, and favorite Halloween candies. Uh, thank you so much, Jesse from Toronto, for writing in. Um, again, if you want to write in, Justin, where can they do that again? We are geekcentric at gmail.com. <laughs> I stole it That's from you. That's we are geekcentric at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, so go see some of those movies. Um, definitely, I'm probably going to watch The Addams Family. Um, and we'll talk about that in Watch It maybe next episode because um, I've never seen it. And that sounds like. That sounds perfect. You'll have a yeah, lot of that's, fun. That's that's the that's a that's a great one. One, I uh, probably just one. 
one and two? No, what, Dude, watch the two. Yeah, if two you is like better. one enough, yeah. definitely yeah. go and watch two. Awesome. Two, yeah. Kevin's right. Two is the better one. Well, listen, let us know. Write in if you've got some of your favorite Halloween movies and, and let us know, you know, kind of what you think there. You can always um, tweet us. You can message us on Instagram. You can do all those things. Um, we hope you enjoyed this week's haunting episode. Uh, and if you did, uh, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you can listen to podcasts. Uh, we are geek-centric, and you can be too, which means that uh, you can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Um, check out our latest Halloween funboxing video. Uh, not really a funboxing, just a, it's a musical video. That's more of a short story. Short story. Um, and <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter at geekcentricYT. Uh, that's geekcentricYT. Follow us on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this pumpkin spiced episode <laughs> that's a good one and as we say love ya trick or treat safe peace y'all <laughs>